As we celebrate June as Black Music Month, a conversation about one of the most iconic figures in all of black music history, Paul Robeson. His voice resonated not only through his powerful singing, but also through his unwavering commitment to civil rights and social justice. Columbia professor Dr. Shauna L. Redmond has authored a text about Paul Robeson, and she joins us in our two today for a conversation about the ultimate Renaissance man, Paul Robeson. In our third hour, a talk with Pulitzer Prize winning editorial cartoonist Darren Bell about his new work called The Talk. The Talk, as you well know, is a dialogue born of necessity. It is a somber rite of passage in the black community aimed at preparing youth for the potential violence they may encounter solely based on the color of their skin. The story Darren Bell tells in his book, The Talk, is one that reverberates with love and concern. We'll get to it in hour three. In this first hour today, though, two conversations on the B side of this hour. Get out, man. I groove like that. I'm smooth like that. I jive like that. I roll like that. Yeah, I'm thick like that. I stack like that. I'm down like that. I'm black like that. The Grammy award-winning hip-hop trio Diggable Planets is celebrating its 30th anniversary now, believe it or not. And they join us live on the backside of this hour. Pioneers of jazz, rap, and alternative hip-hop. They changed the game. And I look forward to our chat with the Diggable Planets on the backside of this hour. But let's commence today's show talking politics with our regular contributor, Ruben Navarrete Jr., in a moment. But first, this. As we all know by now, yesterday, L.A. City Councilman Curran Price was charged with 10 counts of embezzlement, perjury, and conflict of interest by L.A.D.A. George Gascon. And so, 10 counts, 10 critiques. Number 10, it is hard to know whether Nuri Martinez, Gil Cedillo, and Kevin DeLeon and labor leader Ron Herrera were just spewing racial hatred and political envy on the now infamous audio tape or whether they possess some kind of extraordinary political prescience. Have their wicked wishes come true? To be clear, this latest development raises some fundamental questions about the future of black political power in the city of Los Angeles. Number nine, it now appears that Kevin DeLeon is actually going to serve out his full term, given that not enough signatures were collected for the recall, and he may run for re-election, all while the system seems to be targeting black electeds. Number eight, never mind the presumption of innocence, City Council President Paul Krikorian wasted no time yesterday calling for the suspension of Councilman Price. Did we learn nothing about a rush to judgment from the Mark Ridley Thomas matter? Why not allow Price to take a leave of absence? Here again, the city charter does not mandate that the council must suspend a member who wants to step aside and defend his or her good name. Now that Nuri Martinez is gone, let's hope that this new iteration of the city council exhibits more respectfulness, less ruthlessness. Number seven, I really hope the council, city controller and city attorney for that matter, aren't so tone deaf this time around that they move to take away Councilman Price's salary, health care and pension as they did with MRT. We all saw how that ended when MRT embarrassed the city and made them run him his coins. Number six, it's hard to know whether this is really just a political takedown of current price wrapped in a criminal complaint. 
Have you seen the racist vitriol aimed at Councilman Price in the June 27th runoff to fill Nuri Martinez's former council seat? I mean, you would think that current Price himself is on the ballot. The way Imelda Padilla, a former Nuri Martinez lieutenant, is targeting Price in her political mailers. It can only be described as a proxy war against Price, whose former aide, Marissa Alcaraz, is in the runoff with Padilla. It is as if Team Padilla is sending a not-so-coded message to Price that we have heard many times before. No Negroes allowed. Number five, I'm sorry. The DA's narrative of two women and a suspected, suspected child abuse report is ugly stuff. Frankly, a bridge too far for me. When it comes to black men, they either wildly overcharge you, as they did with MRT, float a narrative so nasty that it's hard for the accused to ever get on the good foot, or both. Number four. There is at least one other former member of the L.A. City Council who I suspect did not sleep very well last night. It's hard to know where this crisis in City Hall will track next, but as Hemingway said, never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Number three, one size does not fit all. The media has to stop lumping all of these politicos together in their stories. It's irresponsible journalism. For example, in the case of MRT, no public monies were at issue. There were no allegations of embezzlement. There were no perjury charges. We no more all look alike than we can all be accused of committing the same crimes. Black lives matter. Blurred lines matter. Number two, how does a black elected official stay under suspicion for five years, since 2018. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, poof, the DA just lowers the boom. So, did it really take five years to build this case? Or is the timing politically expedient for somebody? And number one, different day, same story. Presumption of innocence, fundamental fairness, and due process for Lottie, Dottie, and everybody, including Councilman Curran Price. When we come forward, our conversation with Ruben Navarrete Jr. on KBLA Talk 15. Smiley, that's J.O., Jeffrey Osborne. As you well know, June is Black Music Month, and every day during the month of June, uh, we are fortunate to have a, a featured artist in residence we call it uh, whose music we play all three hours of our program and so today you're going to hear the best of jeffrey osborne all three hours of our program today again as we celebrate uh, the iconic artistry of black folk uh, in the month of june black music month so jeffrey osborne all three hours today of our program except for on the back side of this hour we'll be joined live by diggable planet celebrating their 30th anniversary outside of that you're going to hear J.O. all three hours of our show today. Uh, I'm pleased now to bring back uh, on the microphone uh, our regular contributor, the most widely read Latino columnist in the nation, courtesy of his Washington Post um, syndicate piece, uh, and the host of the very popular podcast, Ruben in the Center, uh, Ruben Navarrete Jr. Ruben, how are you, sir? 
Good, brother. So appreciate to you for uh, the Jeffrey Osborne reference. Some great stuff. <laughs> yeah, taking me back as a child of the eighties and nineties. Great stuff. <laughs> no, JL's got some good stuff, yeah. man. We're gonna play a lot of it over the next three hours. Uh, I've got a little time left with you. Uh, we had to address that yeah. um, uh, that current price issue. Uh, uh, here we go again, as it were. So I had to uh, had to offer some thoughts about that. But I wanted to rush to get to you before I get to diggable, diggable planets. That is because. Uh, you and I talk politics all the time around here, but today there's really only one political story <laughs> outside right, right. Out of, outside of the, of the current price matter here locally to talk about, yeah. and it is the story of Donald Trump. I don't need to color this first question too much. Take it away, Ruben. Your thoughts about what we saw, what we witnessed historically yeah. yesterday. You know, I think a lot of producers and, and media folks in L.A. have been trying to position from one story to another. I'll draw a bridge, build a bridge between the current price story and the Donald Trump story. Okay. And that is that Councilman Curran Price is innocent until proven guilty. He can literally sit at the table and, and cross his arms and his attorney can do the same. The prosecutor has to have all the work. They have to prove him guilty. It's not up to Price to prove him his innocence. The same exact thing applies to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is today innocent. He is not guilty until proven guilty by the prosecutors. And I find distressing, and this isn't just about you, but it's about the whole country, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, you name it, we've all switched roles. We've all switched hats, and we're all now singing a different song than we used to sing. Uh, and, and I guess that when you boil it down, how we feel about the presumption of innocence and due process and fairness really has everything to do, 100% to do, with who the defendant is. Mm-hmm. And so I am, I've now been listening, and let me just pick on our friends, the Republicans, for a second. You'll get the point. I have been listening to, to a lot of white male Republicans who, two seconds ago, we're talking about law and order, the rule of law. You know, we have to protect our laws and justice system. And who, for the last 40 years, when the defendant at the defendant's table is a young black man or a young brown man, have talked about throwing the book at that person. With three strikes laws and, and, and really cracking down on them uh, and, and, and mandatory sentencing. And thank you, thank you, President Joe Biden, for, for have, playing a role in that in the racist 1995 crime bill. Uh, that led to mass incarceration. And in that uh, scenario, the white male Republicans always talked about sort of the, the need to push people through trial. They didn't take very seriously things like due process. And you had folks on the left who would go over to the ACLU and say, no, that's absolutely important that we have due process. Now the roles are reversed. It's as if in the last eight days that we've been talking about this indictment, you have a rush of white male Republicans going out to join the ACLU. Mm. Because all of a sudden, they're saying things that I have not heard and you have not heard from them for 40 years about the importance of the presumption of innocence, about the rights of the defendant. Because why? Because the defendant is a rich, white, billionaire Republican Mm -hmm. and a former president. Everybody can see that. I'd be able to see the whole picture. And I have never seen such such a shift as I have on the left. Well, now the folks who used to believe in the ACLU and the presumption of innocence are saying, lock him up, hang him high. It's crazy time. Mm. No, it's a powerful frame. My friend Connie Rice, uh, you know Connie Rice, always says get your frame right. Um, and what you're suggesting might not uh, might not sit well with some of our listeners who want to see him locked up. But I take your point. Uh, and that's what I was saying a moment ago. Uh, that if, 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 if this is ever going to be a true democracy and not just an experiment in democracy, it's got to be presumption of innocence fundamental fairness and due process for Lottie, Dottie, and everybody. And sadly, everybody, everybody. And, and, and truthfully, that, that that includes, to your point, Donald Trump. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't back away from that. Here's what I will press you on, though. 
Uh, the reason, okay. the reason why people feel the way they feel, specifically about Donald Trump, is because this 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 country has a history of allowing, to your point, white males to get away with this nonsense. And we live in a country where there seem to be two set of rules. One one set of rules for us, as you mentioned brilliantly a moment ago, and another set of rules for them, them being rich, powerful white men. So I'm not so sure that anybody wants to jump ahead of the process and not let it run its, its due course, so to speak. But the deck is always stacked against us, uh, and, the, and, and, it, and it's always uh, in favor of them. For example, look at the judge that Trump now has. And, and, and we're all concerned about the ways in which this trial judge may do as she's already done heretofore and give him a pass at every turn, including slowing this thing down so that it doesn't happen before Election Day. And the fact that it took this long, the fact that it took this long to go after Donald Trump is also part of the story. So here again, I don't mean to be long winded. I don't think anybody's trying to you know trying to trying to jump ahead of the process. I hear your point that many of us have changed positions. I just think that people of color specifically, uh, are sick and tired, like Fannie Lou Hamer, sick and tired of being sick and tired of watching white, rich, powerful men get away with stuff that Jamal and Letitia couldn't get away with, Ruben. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. You know, the, the writer Richard Rodriguez, the great essayist and author, is a longtime friend and mentor of mine, and mm-hmm. he, he did a commentary not long ago I saw that said that Americans love to talk about race. We will endlessly talk about race on both sides. Mm-hmm. But the thing we don't talk about is class. We don't talk about money, mm-hmm. right? We don't talk about wealth. And to your point, you start off saying that, that if you're a white male, rich white male, you've got a much better chance in the justice system than a young, poor African-American or Latino male. Right. I think that's absolutely true. But I also think that most of that has to do with money. And you and I were on the air in 1994, 95. We saw the beginnings of the O.J. Simpson trial. Mm-hmm. You and I were literally on the air during the Bronco chase. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, in, ter- in terms of the, the timeline there. Sure, sure. And so, and we saw what happens if you're an African-American male with resources and you can go hire the dream team like OJ, you're going to beat the rap, which mm-hmm. is what happened. So I will say this. I think our justice system is unfairly biased toward rich people mm-hmm. of all colors, mm-hmm. of all colors. And it's about money, the power, the color green more than anything else. Uh, we'll get you an acquittal. I do believe it's true that uh, our system is predicated upon this notion that the more money you have, the more justice you can buy. And if you're if you happen to be black and wealthy, um, you got a better shot at it. Um, but as Johnny Cochran, since you mentioned OJ, I'll go Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran was right when he said that race is a part of everything in this country. And I don't think that uh, one can so easily separate race from class. Although I think Rodriguez is right that we spend so much time talking about one that we don't talk about the other. But I still think they're inextricably linked uh, in this country. And I'll leave that where it is. At the end of the day, um, the question is whether or not Donald Trump can get a fair trial. What say you about that? I don't think he can in either direction, brother. I think you're going to have people on that trial, on that jury, who are pro-Trump, who are basically going to give him a pass because they're pro-Trump. But I have other folks on that jury who are anti-Trump, and they're going to be dead set to convict him no matter what. Mm -hmm. The chances are great that you can get a hung jury because it only takes one juror to hold out to hang the jury. And we are so polarized on the issue of Donald Trump, it's impossible to find somebody short of putting a robot in the jury box find somebody who does not love or hate this man. Yeah. And so I think that's going to be, I think that the bias question goes in both directions. Yeah. It's, it's people who love him and hate him. Uh, nobody's going to be listening to the evidence. 
they're already ready. The minute they've been seated, they're ready to go to, to decisions. Yep. I'll, I'll close by going back to your point of connecting current price and Donald Trump in this regard. Um, yep. One of the major distinctions for me is that we will see in the coming days what the DA has on current price. We will see. I don't like this idea of some suspected child abuse allegation that we know what they're we know we have no idea what they're talking about. But putting that out there like that uh, ain't cute. I don't like it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. about anybody, but especially a black man. That said, though, Donald Trump has done so much stuff in front of our eyes, Ruben. I mean, we we have seen this guy. We've watched mm-hmm. him break the law. This is not about this ain't like current price. We will wait and see with Donald Trump. We have seen for four years. The, the, the rule of law being demonized and bastardized and trampled on with our very eyes every day. And I think that makes this a little bit different as well. Your thoughts, finally? To the point you make, in terms of just the documents, you're right. Because the media has done the job the prosecutors have been doing perhaps in private, but the media has been doing publicly. Mm-hmm. If you paid attention to the story for the last year, you've seen video of Trump handling documents. You've seen damning testimony or her testimony people who work at Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. and it becomes pretty clear that he knew he couldn't defla- classify these documents, that he knew he had them, and he was trying to, in the words of former Attorney General uh, William Barr, a Republican, mm-hmm. and Trump appointee, Barr said that Trump was jerking around the DOJ. Yep. So you're right. If you have just been paying attention to the news for yeah, the last absolutely. year or so, that's right. you have a sense of his guilt, but that's not what matters in a court of law. And as you said before, we've got to be consistent here. We can't be like those hypocritical Republicans who all of a sudden are saying, let's join the ACLU. We've got to have due process when they never said that during the 80s with black and brown folks. I take your point. Presumption of innocence, fundamental fairness, due process for Lottie, Dottie and everybody. That includes current price and Donald Trump. But that said, Donald Trump is guilty and we all know it. I digress. (laughs) Ruben Navarrete Jr., good to have you on. We'll talk soon, my friend. All the best to you. All right, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. Diggable Planets, after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 1580.